There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Where to Go, your personal guide to the world's best travel destinations. I'm James Atkinson, online brand manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKI Witness. Today we're taking a short virtual hop across the sea to Ireland. Yes, small but spectacular, the island of Ireland has been charming travellers for centuries with a spectacular coastline, vibrant wildlife and an unmatched cultural heritage. It's home to the two capitals of Dublin and Belfast, both offering their own unique identities and rich histories. Ireland has also proved to be a haven for both filmmakers and fans during recent years, with both Star Wars and Game of Thrones among the many to use the land's natural beauty for key scenes. For context, we're recording this in December 2020 and the Republic of Ireland has just come out of a six-week lockdown with shops, pubs and restaurants reopening, but households asked not to mix outside of bubbles until Christmas week. Non-essential shops in Northern Ireland remain closed. So to discuss all things Ireland and her adopted city of Dublin, we're speaking to travel writer Nicola Brady. So hi, Nicola. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So just to explain the format, today we're going to explore the past, present and future of Ireland and Dublin, discussing Ireland pre-COVID, how 2020 has affected it and what the future may hold. So we're going to start by looking at Dublin and Ireland before the events of 2020. And um, Nicola, I kind of wanted to start by just, um, you obviously grew up in the UK. I did. uh, I try to keep uh, that a secret, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You haven't developed the accent quite yet, right? No, I've got a bit of a funny accent. So some words may slip into it. And Hmm. sometimes I just take on a complete random accent that I've no idea where it comes from. But no. (laughs) Yeah, I know the feeling, uh, having been down in London for 10 years, yeah. <laughs> being from the northeast. Uh, but when did you first kind of move to Dublin uh, and was it planned? So I moved to Dublin three years ago now, but I've been living in Ireland for a long time before that. So I originally, um, I went to university just outside of London and then I moved to Ireland after I graduated and actually went to a small island off the west coast of Ireland 
uh, called Clare Island. That's a tiny population. There's about a hundred people living there. Oh wow! So I was cool. Yeah, I was there for a little while. Then moved to Sligo on the northwest coast of Ireland. Yeah. Um, and was living there for a while and doing various things. And then I started travel writing when I was living there. So I was back and forth to Dublin an awful lot, just from flying out of the airport and writing a lot about the city. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I was just sort of ready for a change and I was ready to live in a city again after being in the sort of country for so long. Um, so yeah, so came to Dublin three years ago now. What was it about Dublin that then made you stay, Nicola? (laughs) See, I love Dublin's such a tiny city, really. Um, Mm. So everything really is just right at your fingertips. Like I live pretty central. I live in a neighborhood called the Liberties. That's quite a historic Mm. part of Dublin. But I feel like everywhere I go is about a 10 or 15 minute walk. Like wherever I want to be, I can be right there. So like I love London, New York. But do you know if you're like in the West London and West London and you've got a friend in East London and you can feel yes. like, oh, it's like an hour and a half to yes, get there. Yes, 100%. Yes, and we know yeah. that pain. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in Dublin, everything is just right there and it's amazing for that. Yeah, yeah. I paid Dublin a visit a couple of years ago and it's it's really, it did surprise me how small it is. It kind of feels, it's got it's got like the vibe of like, um, of of like a London or a Manchester or a Liverpool, but it's so it's so compact and so easy to kind of get across. Yeah, that's it. It's really a sort of village city. It's definitely got that environment. Like you can't get away with anything in Dublin, and you can't you can't sort of nip to the shop and look terrible. But I still do that. But you're definitely going to bump into someone. Like you can't go anywhere without seeing someone you know. Cool. Of course, yeah. So what would you say are your favourite parts of Dublin? See, I people in Dublin are very loyal to their neighbourhoods. Mm. So mm. I'm in Dublin 8, so I, I won't even try to explain the network of the numbers in Dublin. Uh, but this area is called the Liberties. Um, and like I said, it's a really historic. It's the, sort of the heart of the old Dublin. There are people here who've lived mm. here like generations in the same homes. Okay. Um, and now there are people like me, there are blow-ins who live here as well, but it's just, it's got this real historic edge. Mm. So um, there's, I won't go too much into the history because I'm not clever enough, but there's <laughs> loads of remnants of like Viking Dublin underneath, like exactly where I am. Cool. It's everywhere. Oh, cool. There's a hotel that was just built last year at the end of my road and they, when they were building, they found all of these um, these Viking remnants. So there are like arrowheads and um, all of these amazing things wow. right there. And that's that's under my foundations as well. So yeah. there are these like old settlements cool. and all of that stuff is right there. And actually, it's not a very exciting addition, but there's a little that's just been uh, built <laughs> just 10 minutes away. Again, when they were sort of building the works, they found all of these um, Viking settlements underneath. So they have these huge glass floors where you can look down and see these old stone Viking steps that went into this old settlement. In the middle of Lidl. In the middle of Lidl. And everyone's just, I went in and they opened and everyone's just stomping over it. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Who cares? Just going to get like their bread and (laughs) groceries. Especially, maybe I think I got more excited about it because everything had been closed for so long it was like oh I feel like I'm in a museum <laughs> but that but that is that is sort of something about uh that Dublin sort of shares with like the kind of grand old mm. cities of, of Europe really is yeah. there's lots of like history meets the modern city uh exactly areas so like I was 
when I was over there, you've got like lots of like kind of really old style neighborhoods. You've got tourist ones that pretend to be kind of old style yeah. as well, I guess. But um, but lots of like you know, um, old Dublin and New Dublin isn't such a thing. It's all kind of melded in together, really, right? Yeah, it's just it's really meshed in and it works so well. I think there's a lot of construction going on at the moment, although it was pre-COVID and there's always a bit of resistance to that. But when it's there, it kind of seamlessly blends in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you forget what what was there beforehand, you know? So then aside from the Lidl, where would you tell... um, (laughs) (laughs) Where would you tell... Yeah, this is the first time on the podcast I've had someone recommend a Lidl. Maybe only time. Um, so aside from the bike in middle, where would you tell visitors to go? Sort of what are some of the sites in Dublin that you'd kind of you'd point them in the direction of? So when I have friends come to visit me uh, from the UK, I always do the same thing with them. And it's always in mm-hmm. sort of my neighborhood as well. So just over the road, right next to St. Patrick's Cathedral, is a place called Marsh's Library. Mm. And it hasn't changed a jot in 300 years. I think it was the first public uh, library in Dublin or in Ireland. Hmm. Dublin, let's say. <laughs> um, and it's just the most beautiful space. I know a lot of a lot of visitors do go and see the Book of Kells and the Long Room mm. in Trinity mm. College. And it's beautiful. Um, but this is one where you go and there's, there's rarely anyone there. No one really knows about it. And it's three quid in mm. and it's just the most beautiful sight like these old mahogany bookcases that are sort of the shelves are heaving with the books oh, you know lovely. and just that mm. smell of old leather-bound books yeah. and they always have a different um a different themed exhibition yep so they have some of these books open and you can look through them I remember the first time I went it was this sort of gory medical exhibition which I loved that was sort of old surgical methods and all oh, of that cool. kind of thing but yeah I love that and then um I also love it does sound a little bit strange and one friend did get upset with me but in the (laughs) national museum on kildare street there's um the bog body exhibition of course of Mm. course have you seen no i haven't but i've heard all about it a bit bit of a weird morbid fascination as you say that i would what is it about things like bog bodies and that kind of stuff that is just strangely appealing just the the sort of the aesthetics of yeah. it like again it's they look like this mahogany sheen on them yeah. and mm. i can't remember how old they are is it bronze age i'll just say very very old but they have very, eyelashes very yeah <laughs> like eyelashes and fingernails and um and hair yeah and it's just the most incredible sight that this is sort of thousands of years old um and yet they know so much about them so it's I think it's it's kinship and sacrifice is the name of the exhibit and it's always there. Okay. Um mm. but you can see how these people were um sacrificed mm. and you could see what was in their belly. Like it's it's a little bit gross and mm. the friend I took, I forgot she has a, a horrible fear of dead bodies. <laughs> I just clean forgot and I was like, Well, look at this. <laughs> and she was not happy. <laughs> so those are my two when someone's new to Dublin, I'm like, let's do that. That's amazing. Um, uh, just if you're not too squeamish <laughs> not too squeamish and you're not going to get mad at me <laughs> there's also over the road from that there's something called the Dead Zoo um, mm-hmm. that's the Natural History Museum as part of that thing and it's just do you know the um, what's it called the bad um, what's it called when you stuff a dead animal oh taxidermy yes yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. and it's all like taxidermy animals from Ireland and around the world but some of them are so Bad. It's oh, so bad. It's bad taxidermy. And it's hilarious. Oh, that sounds yeah. great. That's the best form of taxidermy. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, brilliant. Yeah. And just then, add some comedy into yeah. your like, kind of 
morbid animal experience. Just take them on all the various dead parts of Dublin. Um, and then, then a lot of what I show people is just food because I'm always hungry and always thinking about my next meal. How about um, live music? Because to me, when I think of Dublin, I think of, yeah, proper, a bit of a knees up and... Sort of trad you know, bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is that, I mean, obviously we'll come on to uh, COVID, but, but is it, yeah. would you recommend that or? It's a great city for live music. And I think, I think because I lived in the West for so long, I don't want to upset anyone. I kind of had my fill of trad. Okay. So there'd be like a mm, trad mm. session in our local every Friday night and it was amazing and I loved it. But then after a few years, you're like, oh God. Sure. I just want to talk. Sure. <laughs> but the live music scene in Dublin is amazing. And there's an incredible venue called Whelan's that's like, again, a 10 minute walk from me. It's uh, not Camden Street, but it's it's right in the middle of town anyway. And it's the kind of place where any visiting musician, whenever they come here, they go to Whelan's and just see who's playing. So you'll always, it's great to watch a gig there, but you always sort of keep an eye on the door and see who's milling in ah. in the background. And oh. there's also... A little bit off topic, but there's a pub near me called The Long Hall, and I love it. It's just one of the greatest proper old pubs. But whenever Bruce Springsteen is in town, he always pops in for a pint. And everyone in Dublin is pretty cool about celebrities. We pretend we don't know them and just ignore everyone. Yeah. But whenever he's playing a gig in town, suddenly there's like hundreds of people just casually having a pint in The Long Hall, just waiting. (laughs) Have you ever seen him? Have you ever seen the boss? I haven't yet. Um, I would yet. get a bit too excited. I think. <laughs> I think I sort of. I wouldn't have gone in. I'd have casually walked past, and then oh, oh, hi. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got a new album out. Maybe next year, post COVID, oh, things gosh, are back on. I might really be back hope over. so. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Keep us posted about that. Yeah, for sure. I'll be on. And there's quite a few cool um, art galleries and stuff in in Dublin as well, right? Oh, I think I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a really lovely one I went to. The one with Francis Bacon's of studio in the basement of it oh i love that that's another one i do take people to the only thing with that is i'm sort of fastidiously clean and i get very upset at the site so they um they (laughs) they painstakingly brought francis bacon's studio over from london okay yeah and it is you know each paint cap on each thing each he's got like empty champagne bottles and crates and everything and it was all recreated exactly as it is but oh my god it's a mess (laughs) I just, it really, really is. Oh, it's, uh, it's incredible, you know, but oh, I'd love to sneak in and just clean it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> love it's, it. It's like kind of like paintbrushes that have been like kind of used to like the very nub wow. and like kind of painstakingly put in exactly wow. the position that he left them in. It's incredible. It's, it's a huge feat of endurance, really. Yeah. And it's so kind of cool to see like a method. And... So cool. And that that's the Hugh Lane Gallery. They've got some beautiful pieces in there. Yes. And then the National Gallery of Ireland, I love as well. And actually, when our last lockdown uh, was eased, I went there again quite quickly. And there's one piece in there, and I I can't pronounce the name of it, um, but it's a watercolor, and um, it's uh, two people on the turret stairs. Mm. So it's such a delicate piece that it's only on display for two hours of the week, uh, one hour on a Thursday evening and mm. one on a Sunday afternoon. And it's kept in a cabinet. So they only open this cabinet for those two hours during the week. So is that to do with like oh. the, the light and the... It's the light. It's because it's a watercolour. It's so sensitive to the wow. light um, mm. that, yeah, they can only open it for these two hours a week. Yeah. But it's just the most 
beautiful painting. I love it. Incredible. Cool. And that's the kind of thing, like if you, you're walking around town, you're like, oh, oh, Janie, it's like quarter past five and it's Thursday. I'm going to pop yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, Just to catch a glimpse, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That's a good tip. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, and you kind of like kind of moving out of Dublin, you talked about like kind of uh, how you first moved over and uh, lived on a tiny island, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, if you were kind of wanting to uh, escape Dublin or come to Ireland for the first time mm-hmm. or kind of have a break outside of the city where would you go to where would you recommend I mean there's lots of interesting places in Ireland right yeah there are so many and that's something that has been really positive about this year is that we've um we've all been exploring so much more of Ireland of course mm. um now I as soon as lockdown was lifted I went to County Mayo that's on the west coast um and I was just oh so excited and it's such a beautiful county but the first thing I did, I went on a boat to a tiny little island and all the islands off the West Coast, they just have the most stunning water. Mm. It's that real, mm. just piercing blue and crystal clear, freezing cold, obviously, but just <laughs> gorgeous beaches mm. and wildlife. What I find a little bit, I don't, frustrating isn't the right word, but when a lot of people come to Ireland, they do the same route. So it's like, you know, a few days in Dublin down to mm-hmm. Kerry, do the ring of Kerry, go to Galway, maybe a bit of Cork and then back. And so much of the Northwest is left sort of unexplored. Yeah. So above Galway, uh, like mm. County Mayo, I love, it's just stunning. And then you move into um, like County Sligo where I was in County Leitrim and then up to Donegal and Donegal is just so mm. rugged and gorgeous. Um, and I was there in September and it's huge as well. Like it's actually, it's further North than Northern Ireland, but it's still in the Republic. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's just stunning. Uh, Glenvay National Park, I was there with a friend and we were just driving around and it's just incredibly gorgeous. Because it's it's really kind of on that side of Ireland, it's really, really rural, right? It's kind of lots mm-hmm. of beaches, lots of uh, lots of like kind of small villages and farmsteads and things like that. Um, yeah. And kind of a world away from Dublin, right? Yeah. Uh, now there are sort of the, like Galway is a great city as well and Cork mm. is a great city. Um, but when you get out of those areas, like Sligo town is, it's pretty big as well, but just within a few minutes of all of those places, you're just in the most beautiful wild countryside. Mm. And that's what I love. It's just getting out there and getting sort of whipped around by the rain and, and stomping around. In a sort of normal year, let's count this year as not being normal. <laughs> yeah. year, uh, would you kind of like get out quite a bit and go kind of roam around Ireland? I guess yeah. maybe for your job as well, I guess. Yeah, like um, often for work I do and then just for personal enjoyment. Um, so I like luckily was traveling around a good bit in February mm. um, for a big project I do each year. So um, I actually went to Kerry for the first time in February. And I always had, um, I think anyone who is from Sligo or lived in Sligo, there's always a bit of an attitude of like, whatever Kerry can do. Like we've got mountains, we've got sea, we've got beautiful (laughs) countryside. And I was there with a friend who I used to live with in Sligo and we were just sort of, oh, damn it. It actually is really good. Oh, damn it, Kerry. (laughs) But I love that, that like, and even, I mean, it's something a lot of people have said this year, like I've lived here my whole life for and I've mm. never been to this area mm. like I've lived mm. in Dublin for three years this is the first year I went out and did the Hoth cliff walk mm. and the first time I went down to Dorky and Kalini and did these amazing walks that are so close to Dublin it's like less than half an hour away on the train yeah They're incredible mm. yeah 
I mean, I think it's one of those things you can never really stop exploring, can you? No. Well, um, yes. Uh, so we're going to kind of get on to uh, a little bit of looking at this weird mm. year and, mm-hmm. you know, why, uh, you know, how things have have been affected in Ireland and, uh, and you know, uh, and then move on to what the future holds as well okay. in this next section. So now we're discussing the present and how Ireland has responded to the events of 2020. So, Nicola, how have you found living in Dublin during 2020? How has the virus impacted the city? Well, it's a funny one because a lot of people moved out of Dublin quite a lot. I think with a lot of cities, they thought, I'm going to go back to my folks. I'm going to go to the country. Yes. I've actually quite enjoyed being in Dublin for it because... um, well, particularly during the first lockdown, we were limited mm. during the worst stages to two kilometers from our own front door. Okay. And so yeah. instantly this website came around that was just, you know, your Google map of your house with a two kilometer radius. Right. And I just went to places that I'd never been, even within that parameter. Like I always used to walk to the office or walk into cool. town. And then I've just discovered this whole sort of back neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it leads down to the canal that sort of goes through Dublin and just this gorgeous little patch of green that's by it. So I feel like I've discovered those areas, but also I feel really lucky because so many restaurants in Dublin pivoted to doing like a click and collect or meal kits or things sure. like that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. outside of Dublin wasn't as prolific. Mm. So I feel like that sort of yeah. really saved me throughout this whole thing. Mm. So you've been, you've been making the most of that then. You've been kind of doing lots of sort of ordering from your favorite local restaurants and yeah nice. that's it just as much as possible and yeah and was was there kind of um uh you mentioned about kind of rediscovering well in, in fact discovering uh sort of different areas of your own neighborhood did you find anything particularly kind of cool or hidden that you you know any other sort of viking flaws and, uh... Uh, <laughs> i found a cat who i fell in love with um, oh nice yep and went to visit the cat like each day and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only 2020 hey only 2020 yes. uh, she did bite me once but like it was playful it was fine <laughs> um so yeah what I've really loved to do as well is just walk around the sort of gorgeous houses that are around the side so I'm sort of the Bag of Liberties down to the South Circular Road, there's some beautiful Georgian and Victorian houses. So mm, it's just mm. sort of snooping around them. And then nice. and then as we've been able to move that bit further out, now we are, well, actually, sorry, no, lockdown has sort of ended this week. This yeah, week, yeah, today, you had well? a second lockdown. Had a second lockdown. So just ended technically ended ago, on right? Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. Restaurants are able to um, have diners inside mm-hmm. from today. Mm-hmm which is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but during this last lockdown, we were limited to five kilometers. So we had a bit more of a radius, but it meant that I got to walk into sort of other parts of the city that I wouldn't see as often. Mm. Did you sort of discover anything interesting when you got that extra, you know, three kilometers? Or did you actually still stick to your little <laughs> two kilometer patch? I I kind of stuck to the same. Oh, actually, no, because as soon as we could do the five kilometers, the Phoenix Park was suddenly in my radius. Oh yeah, and that's okay, cool. oh, it's the most beautiful. I think it's the biggest enclosed city park in Europe. Mm. Yes, and I've heard that before. Just as well. stunning, and there's herds of deer who live in the park. Mm. Um, so just being able to go up and have a stomp around, and that again, that feels like oh my god, I'm in the countryside. Yeah, it's sort of 25 minutes from my front door, but as soon as you're in the park, 
Yeah. You could be in the middle of nowhere. It's incredible. That's really cool. Awesome. How did how did Dubliners generally respond to the lockdowns? Were they kind of were they pro lockdown? We were at first. Um <laughs> and I think and I thought this about the UK as well. I was like, as a whole, we're a sort of very obedient isn't the word, but it was like, okay, this feels this feels safe. We went into lockdown a little earlier than the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which again felt like okay, this is right. I think this is what we need to do. Mm. Um, and when we, and then our, our Tishik at the time, Leo Radka is a doctor and he, it just felt like, okay, here's a guy. He understands what's going on. He mm-hmm. he sees a sort of greater picture. So for the first lockdown, we were all like gung-ho mm. into it. The second lockdown, I feel like there's a bit of fatigue. There's a bit of um, mistrust. Mm. And, and again, it's just mm-hmm. people, people, it sounds mean, but they only really care about their own agenda. Mm. So people say if they've got a secure job and they're working from home in a comfortable home with an office, they're like, I think we should stay locked down for months. And then people yeah. who need to go and open their businesses, like there are so many businesses who've been closed for the guts of the year. Yes. Yeah. Um, in Dublin, sorry. Yes, in Dublin, um, the wet pubs, which is a phrase I, I can't <laughs> wait to get rid of. As soon as I, I never want to hear the term wet pubs again. What is a wet pub? Yeah, what? Oh, oh, maybe it's just in here we'd be saying it, but it's a pub that doesn't serve food. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yes. okay. So okay. Yeah. since we came out of the first lockdown, the only pubs that were able to reopen, and that was after a period of time, is the ones that served as a restaurant as well. Yes. But in Ireland, it's not like the UK. A lot of them don't serve food. Mm. Um, mm. So it means that so many have been closed since March. Right. It's tough, isn't and, it? you know, some of them have done an amazing job at pivoting. Like um, two of my locals were Fallon's at the end of my road. Uh, they've started doing takeout pints. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's fantastic. And then um, my other local, 57, the headliner, they really early on turned into an off license. Right. So they've been selling all of their booze. They were selling, delivering during the first lockdown. So a lot of people have pivoted and done things like that, but a lot of them can't. Mm. So yes. for businesses like that, it just breaks my heart to see them mm. so this second, still unable to open. This second lockdown, has that been kind of hailed as a success or, or is it still sort of too early to, to say, sort of numbers wise? I mean, I think so because our numbers have gone so far down. Like there were periods of time when mm. it was getting bad. I mean, look, over the summer, we had a few days where the cases were down to um, single digits. Mm. when bef- I think right at the start of this lockdown it was over a thousand per day yeah, yeah. Um, now that's down to under 200 so okay. in my eyes yeah. that's success. a success yeah I'm and it's sure... one of the best it's one of the best rates in Europe right I was yeah thinking. and we're yeah. orange at the moment with the EU traffic light system right um yeah I th- I believe Ireland is orange and I think the only other country no that's not true at all but Iceland is orange mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the Canary Islands were, so there was talk of a, um, an air bridge or something mm. along those lines. But we're doing, we're doing really well. Yeah. So. And have you been able to travel at all? This Not year? outside of Ireland. Okay. So we had a very strict approach to travel, yeah. which I mean, mm. I have obviously uh, separate opinions about. <laughs> but um, we had a really ridiculous green list at the start. Like one of the countries on our green list was Greenland, but you can't get to it without getting on a cruise ship which was banned <laughs> so even when we had this green list that was a very small list of countries that we were able to travel to without isolating upon our return we were yeah. still told the overriding message was still do not travel right. so yeah. i i stuck to it and yeah i believe most people did as well there are a few higher profile people who didn't and 
um, the reaction was not good. No. So it's it's not necessarily something that I believe was the right move, but also I'm not an expert. I don't know. Again, it's my own agenda. I wanted to travel and I wanted to go home and I wanted to see people, but you know, it's out of my hands. So sure. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's it's one of those things where. Um, I mean, across Europe, everyone's had that had similar variations of the same thing. So everyone's been, uh, you know, largely not traveling really yeah. this year. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it, I think we're getting to the point where it is quite frustrating mm-hmm. now. And lots of people are kind of dreaming about it. Hopefully we're kind of towards the end of it as well. There's good Hopefully. news on the horizon with vaccines and yeah. so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of how is some of that news being received in, in Ireland? Is there kind of a bit of a hopeful atmosphere or is everyone still quite tired, weary and, you know, <sighs> It's a tricky one because I'm also in a bit of a, a travel writer bubble. Mm. So obviously mm. the people that I know are all really excited about it. Um, what I found quite frustrating is that when that news was announced, and like immediately there are naysayers. And it's like, God, guys, can we just yeah. get one bit of good news that we celebrate for a minute? Yeah. Like, seriously, <laughs> let's just have something good. Um, I'm not sure how... It's how the news is being met in terms of the anti-vaxxers. So, mm. uh, or sort of, you know, there's a slight, there's a yeah. bit of an anti-mask movement here um, and they're clearly going to become anti-vaxxers. But I mean, hmm, what are you going to do? I just, I just hope that we're going to be in a scenario where um, there's some kind of vaccination, um, like passport. So yes, yeah. that enables you to travel quicker because I actually got COVID back in April. All right. And during that time, I was like, huh, I wonder if there's going to be some kind of passport that's like, I had COVID, I can travel. Clearly, I've that was the, like a I've fever got, dream. I've got the antibodies. Let me, yeah. <laughs> Let me do whatever I want. Let me into the pubs in the restaurant. <laughs> um, but for quite obvious reasons, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you sort of uh, you mentioned that you haven't been traveling outside of Ireland, but have you managed to kind of do any sort of staycations or anything like that this year? A lot, yeah. So I was in. So Mayo was my first trip out mm-hmm. of lockdown number one, um, and that was a work trip, but it was still like, oh god, I was so excited just to see <laughs> something else and to smell that air. Yeah. And, um, as much and as you pretty... can talk about like loving that kind of two kilometer area around <laughs> you. you know everyone romanticizes about the first lockdown over here as well and says like I got to know my area so well but as soon as you step foot of it you're like oh my god yeah, world. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, we love it because we have to but like give me the choice I felt yes. like do you know that um the video that does the rounds on Twitter that's the dog that's in a boot of a car and they open it up and it just pelts it towards the water and runs straight in yes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how I felt <laughs> I was like on that day just like running like get me anywhere um so I was in Mayo and I loved it and then I went to Sligo and saw sort of my friends and who I used to live with there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did all the things that I love there um so like having a seaweed bath um oh, and doing oh. those beach walks have you had a seaweed no, bath before? no never talk us through that oh, how does that work sounds I salty love them. <laughs> it is very salty <laughs> so there's a there are actually two places that I used to go to in Sligo so one is in Strand Hill and it's called Voya and actually they then launched a product line a few years ago you'd have seen it you'd be familiar with the brand it's in a lot of like really luxurious spas around the world yeah okay um the other one is in Enniscrone and it's a bit sort of more of an old school thing but the, the premise is the same so you go into a room and um, like old antique sort of clawfoot um, bathtubs nice. mm-hmm. and it's filled with hot seawater and freshly cut seaweed. Wow, wow. Just tons of it in the bath. It's so slimy. It sounds weird. 
Um, and the first time you go in, you're like, this is a little bit funny, but it's amazing. And you sort of squidge out the oils in the seaweed and you can rub them all over yourself, put a big clump on your head and you feel incredible. Wow. How long are you in there for? Yeah. About, you're normally in there for less than an hour. There's normally a steam room in the room. Mm. I normally get one and share it with a friend. Yeah. So there's two baths mm. in the room mm. and then you can go between the steam um, and the seaweed. This sounds great. Oh, amazing. Yeah, this sounds awesome. It's incredible. Never heard of it. And the one like the one that I go to in Strand Hill that's on the coast in Sligo. Um, and that's a huge surfing spot. And all, actually all of Sligo and up into Donegal is huge for big wave surfers too. So yes, yeah. uh, in normal times, a lot of surfers from all over the world would come up to Strand Hill, Mullockmore and do those uh, incredible waves that you're sort of choppered into mm. or jet skied into. Mm. There's that um, kind of like a line, isn't it? Like on the uh, from the Dublin coast, that like Atlantic surfing kind of line that goes down to Portugal where the waves are supposed to be amazing. Ah, like, I didn't know that, but... That makes I'm sense. I'm sort of speculating. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big surf spot, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're giving a name. I'm not a surfer. But like, <laughs> when we had, when there used to be uh, severe weather warnings when I lived in the West, you'd, and it was like, you know, everyone stay away from the coast, mm. uh, stay inland, and mm. you'd just see all of these VW camper vans with surfboards on top, mm. just beelining to the surf. Yeah. Because oh. obviously it's incredibly dangerous. But the waves are incredible. Cool. Cool. So that's what that was one of the big things I wanted to do. I said, like, go there, do you do sort of a walk along the coast. So you get that walk in, mm-hmm. do the seaweed bath, and then there's a great cafe called Shells next door. And oh, it's amazing. Great. That sounds yeah. awesome. 2021 Cork to East Cork Mm. um, and stayed in uh, Castle Marta down there. That's this like beautiful little place in West and East Cork, sorry. And then traveled around there a little. And then uh, my friend who I was with actually had a job up in Donegal. So we then drove. So that's, so Cork is the southernmost county. Donegal is the northernmost county, I think. If you're looking at a map, yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) So we drove the length of the country, um, which was just incredible. Mm. I did take us the wrong way and she's still angry with me because um, <laughs> I turned like a six and a half hour drive into a seven and a half hour drive. <laughs> but I was having so much fun. I just wanted it to carry on. Well, so, so you can actually cross the country in six and a half hours. I guess, I guess that actually makes yeah. sense, actually thinking about where you can get to the, in the UK in yeah. six and a half hours. But. Yeah. Well, you can, you can uh, from like Dublin to Sligo, that's two and a half hours. That's the sort of middle band mm. of the country. Mm. Um, but if you, if you wanted to do the proper real, like southernmost point to the northernmost point, that's called Mizzen Malin. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's a big, uh, cycle route as well. Like my friend has done that a couple of times. I, I used to be sort of big into my cycling. I don't think I'd be quite able for that, but it's incredible. Cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Cause I guess, uh, you can probably see so much going kind of coast to yeah. coast as well in Ireland. Um, Yeah. So much. Like there were so many things that we passed on that drive. We were counting the counties as well. Mm. Um, I forget how many counties we went through on that drive, but it was a it was a lot. Mm. 
Cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've really got out and about in Ireland then. And um... Yeah. So I was really grateful for that sort of opportunity over the summer just to just to get out and see. And then I did a couple of like Dublin staycations as well, just in hotels here, just to feel like. That's nice. A break. Other. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Because cool. there was a point, it was during this lockdown, I got so bored. Um, I started doing a turndown service for myself each night because <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't cope with this anymore. <laughs> so just to be in like a bed that I didn't make is a joy. <laughs> so have you seen then any sort of new sides to Dublin or Ireland during, you know, the lockdowns this year? Um, I think something that's amazing about Ireland, um, all of Ireland, not just Dublin, is the creativity that people have shown. Yeah. Like mm. there were times during the first lockdown, I was so bogged down. I couldn't, there was no space for any kind of creativity in my yes. head. Yeah. And yet yeah. these yeah. people are coming up with these incredible ideas. Um, like a business that came out was, it's called Click and Collection. And it's something that now all the restaurants use. And it's just such a seamless way for them to deliver to everyone. But even, I think something in Dublin specifically we didn't have a strong um, outdoor dining scene. Mm. Like for obvious mm. reasons, it's not, it, it's a bit of a chilly city yeah. and it's a bit of a yeah. rainy city sometimes. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to invest in outdoor dining. But this year um, you've had to, yeah. if you have the space, um, because when indoor dining in Dublin was uh, cut during the end, during the second lockdown, I think it was, mm-hmm. so many places opened up and like there's um a, an amazing barbecue spot just down the way from me that opened up. Um, this guy, Andy Noonan, used to do uh, this incredible barbecue festival each summer in Dublin with like all the American like pit masters were brought in. It was incredible. Cool. And he wasn't able to do that this year, but there's an old disused parking lot just down the way from me. And he's opened up like really, they painted it really cool. It's called Based. Um, so he's got his grill there. He's he's welcomed pop-ups there as well. That's cool. Um, and that's just been incredible. Like you're sitting outside, yeah, mm. but it looks really cool. And like when it gets a bit cooler, like I've been bringing my hot water bottles. Yeah, yeah. Places, you know? Yeah. It's, I guess it's the same in London. You know, you just know to wrap up and it will be interesting. Yeah. To, and it, it does mean that you do view things differently. So rather than sitting in a pub, you know, mm. I've, I've been mm-hmm. to have pints sort of, um, you know, with an amazing river view that maybe, you know, yeah. it's a bit makeshift, but it's just gorgeous. And it's, it's been a really different it has been nice to sort of see different sides to the city and I kind of wonder whether those outdoor dining sort of spaces will stay whether whether you know because as you said it's really creative um yeah. and really sociable and I, I yeah I kind of wonder if they'll stay beyond 2020. Um another thing that wasn't as big here that's in the same um same sort of note is food trucks mm. Mm. so we had there's um, a place called Eat Yard that was in Dublin 8, it's actually moved up to Fibsborough and that was a collection of different street food vendors. And it was hugely popular. They were all in one place. Um, but other than that, the food truck thing wasn't that big here. But mm. now um, there are at least two or three off the top of my head that are coming around in early 2021. Mm. Um, there's one guy who has this incredible little deli called 147, 147 Deli up on the north side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he does... Um, it's called the Dublin Dip, and I can talk about this sandwich <laughs> till the end of time. Um, but it's it's only on special like twice a year. But it's it's just incredible. This really rare roast beef sandwich and sourdough that comes with like gravy for dipping. Mm, anyway, yeah. um, he's starting up an wow. incredible like burger truck. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a burger truck. He's being a bit coy about what it's actually going to be. He's teasing a lot of things out. But that's opening early next year. Um, Bujo, that's an incredible burger place in Sandy Mount. Again, uh, Grania, who is the sort of creative director there, um, she's teasing a lot of things. But again, that's coming next year. And I think um, there's an old, a guy who's using an old disused ambulance to make like grilled cheese sandwiches. And wow. Stuff. All that kind of stuff. I think the fact that people are putting in that investment yeah, mm. and the fact that there are so many places around the city that are like, yeah, come here and do it. Like pubs are like, yep, yeah, come out, park in the front, yeah. um, feed everyone. And I th- I really think that's going to stick around. I think it's, it's, it's a thing about COVID and maybe, maybe, you know, in a couple of years time, we'll look at like kind of silver linings of it, but attitudes have kind of changed in quite a lot of places mm-hmm. where, you know, people are being creative with old spaces, as you were saying, like thinking of an abandoned parking lot as mm. like, uh, yeah. as an opportunity, uh, you know, thinking of outdoor dining in winter and actually realizing you can make it quite good and, yeah, and quite nice work. and fun. Mm. Like, uh, you know, everything that people thought was either impossible or couldn't be bothered to do before people mm-hmm. are being creative and coming up with solutions and it will change things. Exactly. I guess. And I think this is something that really came out of the last recession in Ireland mm. is that, so many amazing little places opened up because suddenly um, rents were reduced and people could have a sort of more of a pop-up element. Um, But so many good, specifically places to eat came out of that recession in 2008. Um, And I think that's going to happen again. Mm. I think from the sort of, from the wreckage of 2020, there are going to be little green shoots of just Mm. joyous little things. Well, that's a really... uh nice point i think to segue onto uh discussing the future of dublin and uh you know kind of what's next really for ireland so we'll discuss that right now hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So what next for Ireland and Dublin? Um, so Nicola, we've just been talking about this a little bit off mic actually, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, when travellers start to come back in 2021, uh, fingers crossed, uh, mm-hmm. what can they kind of expect to be different about their experience? I'm not sure how much will be entirely different. I think everything mm. that's always made Ireland a great place to visit will still be there. Mm. Um I'm really hopeful about that. I think it needs to be at the right time. Yeah. Um, there were, I don't believe it happened as much, but there 
uh, like the dribs and drabs of a few tourists coming in over the summer when technically it wasn't entirely open for visitors. But I think as soon as it is open and there's a way to sustainably do it, people are going to be so excited to see people back here, especially outside of Dublin um, and to other parts of the country that haven't benefited from domestic tourism as much. And they do. Sure. Like, yeah. like we all rely on tourism so much here. Yeah. It's yes. such a huge part of the Irish economy that it's it's kind of insane that for most of the year it's just been taken away. But I think, um, like we were talking about the sort of creative things that have popped up, um, I think things like that are going to be a huge draw. What's insane in Dublin over the last two weeks, I mean, restaurants are only opening today from lockdown. Mm. There have been new restaurants opening up. Mm. Oh, really? Like, there's been a new outlet. Actually, this amazing place, Brother Hubbard, that's like a Middle Eastern cafe. They opened after the last recession. Um sort of similar to what I was talking about before. And now they've opened another branch wow. in the middle of this. It's insane. Wow. I mean, I, it's I, brilliant, but it's insane. And there's another place for it to tour. Oh, did visited. you? It's so good. It was great. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> really amazing. Um, yeah. Gorgeous food. So I think there are, there are still going to be places like that popping up and just gorgeous places to eat um and great places to see and yeah i think there's going to be a bit of a buzz and a bit of excitement so there hasn't really been that kind of um there's a, a, a big fear over here and across the world really is about closures especially local businesses and so on have you kind of mm-hmm. seen any any of that or have people been kind of supporting their own locals you talked about people buying takeaway pints from pubs that couldn't mm-hmm. open necessarily has that kind of seen them through has it or I mean, I'm being so careful because I don't want to jinx anything because I was so scared at the start. I was like, how are these businesses going to survive? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But um, the the government here has been, um, it's been incredibly (laughs) supportive, I would say. I'm I'm not in that position, so I probably can't speak um, as clearly Mm -hmm. as other people would. But specifically in terms of tourism, businesses here have had so much support from Fulcher Island in terms of sort of, um, adaptation grants mm. and mm-hmm. training and, um, you know, building outdoor spaces and things like that. So I'm going to touch all the wood that I can. <laughs> that <laughs> it, I was expecting a lot more businesses to to seriously suffer. Yeah. And yes. they have suffered, of course, but I have not seen the level of closures that I was expecting at all, which is amazing. And so is that also part and parcel because, as you were saying, Dubliners were sort of all pitching in to buy you know takeaway meals etc has has that absolutely been, yeah. yeah yeah um there was that element of like if you don't support the places that you love they won't be there yeah. when you open back up again and it's also it's um it's a little tricky because a lot of people their income was affected this year so mm-hmm. you can't be expected to sort of pour money into all the businesses but everyone who's in a sort of um a more stable position it's like yeah oh my god i want to get that meal kit um like the restaurants that you can't visit clem russell house is just down the way from me and it's gorgeous yeah and the meal kit i got from them was one of the best meals i've eaten in a long time yeah and it was That's just cool. it felt so good to be able to support them and have an amazing meal yeah and be in my pajamas all at the same that's time that's it that's it yeah <laughs> that's the joy yeah. as you say maybe in a couple of years time we look back and there's silver linings like little <laughs> memories like that that uh, <laughs> that you'd be like oh it wasn't all that bad and then you kind of forget yeah. about, about quite how bad it probably has been <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know I think I will <laughs> <laughs> um and kind of what what are your like um 
you know um your hopes for sort of dublin and ireland after covid i'm guessing number one would be getting getting to travelers back right i i mean you yeah for such a small island there's so many people who come from all over the world obviously lots from britain but obviously from uh from the u.s from mm-hmm. china from from everywhere basically uh, yeah and like through my line of work, I've been interviewing those people, especially sort of mm. accommodation owners around the country. And it's been heartbreaking mm. to hear how they've been affected by the lack of um, international tourism. Because as as much as we all have an island really like powerfully supported um, domestic tourism and everyone's been on their holidays in Ireland and um, and just they've been as supportive as they can be. It just doesn't match the numbers of incoming US tourist traffic, you know. Yes. So... I'd love to see those numbers come back again in a sustainable way yeah, mm. and in a way that's safe for everyone. But I think everyone has that same wish, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, I won't lie. There were times over the summer because I live very close to the two big cathedrals in Dublin and it used to be in the summer. Oh my God. It was just thronged with people and you couldn't, the school groups that were everywhere. And I was like elbowing my way through. There are a couple of times I'm like, okay, that's been pretty good not to have to deal with that whenever I leave the house. Yeah. But so many places like, no, the, the, the tourists need to come back. And I think we'll all be really happy when they do. Yeah, I remember um, uh, we we did an episode on um, on Scotland earlier in the series, which uh, Lucy actually took a took a episode out for. We uh, had our friend Danielle kind of guest hosting, but um, one of the um, people we interviewed, Kate, was talking about Edinburgh and saying that she was uh, initial stages of COVID was like, oh, it's so empty, it's so lovely, it's so nice, mm-hmm. and then a couple of like weeks later, it was like, where is everyone? Come back, <laughs> yeah. come back, come back. <laughs> and it's interesting. I mean, I would say similar to London really like yeah. uh, there's there's mm-hmm. a big hole missing from the tourists and you kind of realize how much they do add to yeah you know if when yeah. it's sustainable when it's when it's uh when it kind of works and stuff it really works and it really adds exactly. to exactly you just you need that cash injection you know mm. yeah yeah for sure and Nicola do you have any future travel plans for 2021 I I sort of developed pretty early on this coping strategy for COVID where I don't plan more than a day ahead <laughs> Because any travel, any plan that I make just gets cruelly taken away yeah. from me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm being very tentative. Like I had I had so many travel plans this year um, that were cancelled. And, you know, there are people in far worse situations. So I'm not going to complain about that out mm-hmm. loud. Um, but hopefully next year we'll mm. just have those opportunities coming back. But really, I mean, so yeah, as soon as I'm able... I'll be flying over to the UK and that's my biggest goal. And I'm, I'm guessing that'll be fairly last minute. Um, and just, yeah, there's people who I love who I haven't seen in over a year at this point and people who um, it's the longest that I've gone without seeing them yeah. for that period of time. And it's, again, a lot of people are in this situation and between Ireland and the UK, there are a lot of like Irish people living in the UK or English people living in Ireland. It's a common problem, yeah. yeah. but it's still, it's still a horrible problem, you know? So That'll be my first thing. Um, and again, I can't let myself hope for anything yeah, more no, than that. I think that's very wise. Yeah, um, it's quite yeah, a good mantra. Any, my, anything extra will just be an additional bonus for 2021, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how I'll steps. see it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, finally, uh, you know, um, while we have you, and uh, I know that you and Lucy have been, and, and Zoe and some of the rest of the team at, at DK have been working on these exciting new like local guides, which are com- yes. forthcoming, I think, this June. Is that right? Correct. I 
Yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, and Dublin is one of our first six yes. locations. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit, uh, or Lucy, maybe you can butt in as well, um, about uh, sort of what you're hoping for with the guides uh, and what they are? Nicola, over to you. I will go. <laughs> um, like, I'm so excited to have the book come out and to see it in print because, again, it's it's talking about the stuff that I love so much mm. and it's all of the places that I want to sing about and yeah. um, just the incredible restaurants that you like, may not have heard of. Uh, they're a little trickier to find. Um, Dublin can sometimes be a little bit tricky as a city mm. coming in as a tourist if you don't know anyone there because you can think like, okay, so I go to Temple Bar, I guess. And like, no, yeah. Temple Bar is hideous. It's horrendous. <laughs> it's Sorry. No, I take that back because there are a couple of places there that are, that are good. Yeah. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. But it's the equivalent yeah. of like, yeah. oh, well, I'm, I'm going to go to New York and go to like Bubba Gump Shrimp Company in Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. like, yeah. let's go to the M&M store in Piccadilly Circus yeah. and really like soak up the sense of the city. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> There are so many incredible places in Dublin that I just love. Yeah, like I say, singing about them and talking about them as much as possible. So it yeah. was so great to, to write about them all, even though, I mean, it was tough to limit it to a Yes, a a yeah. I was like, 500 words on my favourite sandwich, no. <laughs> does, does the sandwich get a, get a reference in like a local? That sandwich does. Yes, I thought it would. Dip. Um, yep, and we were just talking... Um, <laughs> Love the air there about the Dublin Pizza Company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. There are so many places. Oh, that's, that, that's <laughs> um, uh, and see, I'm so excited today because this is the day when we can eat inside. Um, but like there's an amazing Korean fried chicken place called Chimak. And that actually saved me during the first lockdown when I was getting that delivered. Ooh. It was just the Great. joy beyond joys. So all of those places, all of the like amazing pubs that are the proper local pubs yeah. that are everywhere throughout the city, but you just can't tell them apart. Um, so that's the kind of thing I've been so excited to talk about and write about. Yeah, well, we absolutely love your copy. And I think what's what's really wonderful about the series, all of them, not just Dublin, is that it's obviously been hard for the writers and for the editors to be tracking all of these lockdowns and closures and, and everything that comes with that. But what's really exciting is the fact that these books are built on ultimately small independent businesses. And that's mm-hmm. a very sort of post-COVID um a good thing post-COVID and the series really celebrates that so we're really excited about them especially Dublin don't tell the others yeah I said that it's the first one Dublin. <laughs> that's what I had <laughs> that's what you say to them all <laughs> God, I've turned into Bruce no. Forsyth <laughs> just Dublin honestly uh but but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, um, uh, the couple of days that I spent in Dublin a few, few few years ago, it's such a, as you say, it's so small, but you kind of wander mm-hmm. off a little bit and you find these kind of lovely small places, lots of like kind of boutique kind of places that can do food from anywhere in the world, not just like traditional Irish oh. cuisine or anything like that. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I was, I was remembering like breakfast being amazing uh, and different things like that. It's, it's, it's yeah. um, so I'm very breakfast excited to read this book and uh, and find out exactly where to go next time we come over yeah absolutely Which i have it? to have like a reunion eat-a-thon absolutely <laughs> great an eat-a-thon oh, in there. Yeah. brilliant 2021 plan that sounds <laughs> <That's> great <it. laughs> well uh thank you so much nicola for joining us um best of luck thank with you. the rest of the book i know yeah. you guys are working hard on it but it's nearly there right nearly it's there. A, nearly it's there. Yeah. There. yeah yeah i saw I, I saw a jacket the other day and it looks really cool <gasps> 
Uh, oh, that's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It's been really insightful to hear about Dublin and Ireland and yeah. your experiences as well. Um, and really nice to hear a bit of positivity as Definitely. well about the future as well, like about things yeah. kind of coming back and, and local businesses doing well. So thank yeah, you, thank that's you very it. much. Everything for that. opening today. I'll go and eat my way around Dublin. Have your own eat fill, Nicola. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, have, have that sandwich for us. That's yeah. it. Oh, stop. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me as well and listening to me ramble. Oh, oh no, no, no. Any, anytime, anytime. Yeah, really wonderful. <laughs> Once again, an enormous thank you to Nicola. That was so interesting. It was. It was really fun as well. I'm so yeah. excited to go. I'm so excited for my big trip to the Lidl and the Bog Boys. <laughs> well, I know. I, I, I saw your recomm- uh, your own 2021 recommendations the other day, yes. and I saw that Ireland is on your list. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm expecting to hear a report and see, uh, see pictures of you and Nicola hitting all of those restaurants. You'll right. get that, James. You'll get that. Yes, uh, which uh, which kind of brings us on to next week a little bit, where we'll be actually talking about our 2021 recommendations. So, yeah, yeah which is exciting. Um, which is really, really exciting. So we've got a couple of uh, familiar and not so familiar faces. We've got um, quite a few of the DK team kind of joining yep. us, which should be really, really fun, as well as a few guests from earlier in the podcast. So that should be brilliant. Yeah, cool Christmas special. Whether you're seeking the surreal beauty of the Giant's Causeway, the historic halls of Trinity College, or the perfect pub to enjoy a pint of Guinness, your DKR Witness travel guide makes sure you experience all that Ireland has to offer. Find DKR Witness Ireland in all good bookshops or via the link in our episode bio. And once again, a massive thank you to Nicola. A huge thank you. So you can, you guys can uh, hear our very special uh, tw- Where to Go 2021 special. Um, yep. That's going to be the last episode in our in this series which has been brilliant so far i think we've been learning as we go right yeah yes. and i've yeah. now got a huge list of places that i want to go to in 2021 yeah. <laughs> sorry well. this is this is the occupational hazard <laughs> of uh, working for dk witness but yes that episode will be available actually on new year's eve so nice Great. little uh you know thing to sign 2020 off with uh yes. thank god so we'll see you then and uh thank you for joining us see you later guys bye guys where to go was produced by the team at dk witness and presented by james atkinson and lucy richards for more information about dk witness follow us on social media at dk witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.